Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the week 12 reading. Uh, it has taken us 12 weeks, but I finally believe we are reading one of my papers, which is equal levels exciting and terrifying. Uh, you may hate it. Um, but no, here we are. So we are looking at a paper, Police Perfection, examining the effects of trait maximization on police decision making. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, it is a interesting time to write a paper called Police Perfection, um, generally. Uh, and I really almost did not call it this because uh, I, was, I was very worried about the connotations. Um, however... Uh, <laughs> it's going to sound really daft. Uh, I have another paper, which is basically almost the exact same with a sample of soldiers. And that paper is called Military Maximizers. And so I kind of felt the need to commit to the alliteration. Uh, if uh, I kind of the joke I made was that these two papers were kind of the equivalent of the Nelly Sweat slash Suit double album release of 2009. Um, so that's uh, that's why we why we have the title that we do. Uh, but basically, this paper... So, so this week's work is all on decision-making, and I almost set you something very theoretical on decision-making. Um, but my assumption on the matter is that we're actually going to spend most of our time on Thursday talking about the theory and everything. So I, I wanted to set a paper that at least kind of covered some of the more um, kind of quantitative... And, or, or, and experimental aspects, not experimental as in experimental technologies, but more the efforts of, of psychologists to try and kind of experimentally examine some of the issues that we're talking about. So, so let's be clear, what are we talking about in this week's lecture? Well, in this week's lecture, we're talking about the fundamental issue about how do we understand, right, Let's start with a base assumption, right? The idea that we cannot live in a world in which we assume that all police decision-making is going to be perfect and brilliant and there's never going to be a bad outcome. We don't live in a life where we think that of ourselves. We definitely can't think about it with the police. So we're, what we have to do this week is we have to think about the, the psychology of that, right? And one of the things that you'll see in this week's reading, and we'll talk in detail about in this week's lecture is, you know, this idea of, of, of identifying uh, and understanding kind of this how we assess culpability very much in, in almost a very much like a legal, a legal sense. And, you know, I'm not being I'm not being funny. We're we're seeing it in the in the Derek Chauvin trial as we speak. They are assessing and, and examining his culpability, his mindset, you know, going through that that due process. And, and I think Thursday's lecture will really. I think, focus on that and kind of the psychological aspects of that. Um, whether I base it on that case or not, um, we'll decide later. I would, I would still like to have a career at the end of all of this. Um, and I think that there's, with, with, with many of these cases, um, there is so much uh, emotion embedded in them that it's actually very hard, I think, sometimes to have a, a rationed and reasoned conversation about these things. Um, Made so much better by social media. Uh, but today's, today's reading is on the, the slightly wider aspects of it. So if you look at the start, or sorry, the end kind of blurb of the, of the lecture this week, I talked about this issue of, right, you know, we need to, if we start at the, the decision itself and the, the scene, if you will, 
and we work our way backwards, there's all these kind of other questions that emerge. So the first question is kind of like, what was the decision-making process? Was it good? Was it bad? And then kind of we get back into this idea of the training of it. How do we do the training of it? And then back into the, almost the selection and how do we pick police officers that are going to make good decisions, you know, when they're put in these kind of, as I explained them, kind of, you know, least worst, uncertain, um, challenging, uh, challenging times. Um, and so I, I think that that's kind of what this paper kind of um, leads to is this question of kind of, well, how can we understand the, the individual differences and the psychologies, if you will, um, of police officers um, who have to kind of uh, make these kind of decisions? And is there a certain personality trait that we want, maybe one that we don't? You know, what does this look like? And this is a really classic question. We, in, in the military world, you know, any of you who have been in the military will know this, any of you who have studied the military will know this. There's a really big effort to diagnose basically ideal personality traits of soldiers that'll predict things like success, resilience, grit, all this kind of stuff. And, and almost uh, true in the police force, but, but often it's very much personality-based and not, um, not very much kind of focused more on a, um, like a decision-making trait base, if you will. So, so that's kind of where this paper is. And it's interesting, actually, this paper kind of stems from my, it follows a natural story of my PhD work, really, which is where I kind of, I did a lot of qualitative work. So I sat with soldiers for a very long time and interviewed them about decisions they'd made, challenges they'd faced, all this kind of stuff. Um, and uh, kind of um, uh, developed a th psychological theories of kind of what that decision-making process looks like, why it becomes derailed, you know, what factors are more often associated with good decision making what factors are more often associated with bad decision making but very much a kind of a uh, uh when making those kind of decisions what does that look like and that work's gone on to you know uh be the subject of, of a book um a bunch of papers i've got a new book coming out with penguin on kind of how it helps everyday decision making you know how can you how can you think about a breakup or wedding planning the same way you could think about you know navigating a war zone or whatever it is but but this this extension of this was almost on this kind of um, how can we how can we ramp this up to a broader scale and, and maybe look at you know populations of people how do populations of people make decisions um, and this idea itself was actually funded in this paper and this work was funded by the Army Research Institute who gave me about um, half a million or so to kind of explore this idea of can we predict what good decision makers look like what are good decision making traits and, and kind of all this kind of stuff and so we end up at this this place where we had a need or a want to kind of do something quantitative and that's what this is it's a it's an effort or an attempt to quantitatively um study decision making um of police officers now, now that might sound weird but, but it's going to sound really this isn't actually done very often which blows my mind beyond belief that this is not done more often in this idea is that you know we we I, there, there's really little and i mean given the immense importance of police decision making there is so little good work on what on actual police decision making i actually struggle to write the lit review for this paper because there's no good fucking work 
Um, it's absolutely obscene at this point. Um, so it's kind of like a it, jarring, if you will. But I think one of the reasons is that a lot of the work draws on this thing we call naturalistic decision making, which is this kind of um, observational type where you kind of watch police officers uh, do training events and, and all this kind of stuff. And so there wasn't really good um, good experimental work. And all of that kind of culminates into this, this, this study we have here, um, on police decision making. So, so with that, that long eight minute introduction, um, let's get into it. So we start with a quote, love a good quote, uh, but no, it's, it's generally a kind of a, it just conceptualizes this idea of like a least worst decision, meaning that police officers face situations in which the uncertainty is very, very high. So if I'm being honest with you here, I was thinking, hey, shit, frankly, I don't want to be here. And for a fleeting moment, I just wanted to get the hell out of here. I remember thinking there's something wrong with this guy. I want to get the hell out of here. He's coming at us with this weird sort of gait, these black eyes, and there's something wrong with him. He's not listening to us. Let's get the hell out of here. But I knew I couldn't. So for a fleeting moment, we kind of retreat. But I realized, you know, you can't run away. This is your job. You're going to have to handle it. But I'd rather not have been there. Unfortunately, this is my job. I remember telling myself, Susan, this is your job. You have to handle this. Um, it's just a... It's just showing you, I think, the the uncertainty and stress kind of in, in, a, in a police situation. And this is a very, very simple just civilian interaction. And again, sometimes the simplest interactions um, are those that can have the most uncertainty. You know, this is one that from the military side of things, you know, you have a lot of these stories from soldiers of, you know, a civilian was walking towards me. They were kind of off. And I just didn't know what to do. And in my mind, I was like, is it an insurgent? Do I need to shoot? Or is it just a civilian? And maybe they're drunk or maybe they're upset or maybe something else is going on. And there's a rational explanation for why they're being a bit off or whatever it is. And how do I juggle this? Right. And so, so the introduction just leading up to the police decision making stuff is basically just on this idea that, that psychologists since the 1980s have kind of moved in in terms of their focus to moving away from the concept of ob objective rationality um, and towards a concept that resembles more, you know, embracing uncertainty um, and kind of acknowledging that when people make a lot of, when people make decisions, you know, there is a high degree of what the fuck is actually going on here. And that high degree of what the fuck is actually going on here is really problematic to, to, to how someone makes a decision. Now, the only, if I were going to tell you to read one paragraph in this introduction, I would like you to read the whole thing, but one paragraph, it would be this, uh, this psychologist who studied decision-making in high-stakes situations. Uh, and basically, what we introduce there is, is that concept I explained at the end of the lecture, which is this idea of the least worst decision-making. Um, and it really, if I want you to take one thing away from this, I really want you to take that away. It's in, we're not always afforded the opportunity to make the best decision. Sometimes we are afforded to make the least worst decision. So how both decisions could be shit. How do we make the one that of the two is likely to be least shit, right? Classic example locking down for COVID, right? No outcome is good. No decision is good. But how do we make the worst decision that is the least worst, right? Police interactions. No outcome, sorry, no choice is guaranteeing good. How do we make the least worst decision? Or, as I say to people when I'm talking about their lives, breaking up with a partner, right? You don't know if breaking up with a partner is guaranteed to be good, right? Let's say a partner cheats on you, all right? Let's say someone cheats on you. You've got a choice, right? 
kick them to the curb or, you know, work through it and, and, and try and, you know, try and, and, and try and save the relationship. There's no guarantee that either one of those is good, right? You could, you could break up with them and that person actually made a, made, a, made a mistake, could have changed and you're missing out on a lifetime of happiness with the person you thought was the one. At the same time, you could stick with them and that person is a shitbag and they cheat on you again and again or whatever it is, right? Both of those are bad outcomes and also both have good outcomes. You could break up with them and a month later, you're in a Dunkin' Donuts and you meet the love of your life. You get married and you have a million kids and you're, and you're super duper happy. Or you forgive them and you diagnose what the problem was that led to the infidelity and you overcome it. And again, you live happily ever after. You have a million children, right? Both of those could be good. Both of those could be bad, right? So your decision sometimes is how do I make the least worst decision, right? That's the psychology that we're in. Now, in the police decision-making section of our, of our lit review here, what we basically talk about is this idea that the police decision-making research doesn't really think about these kind of decisions, right? The realities of police decision-making. Again, it's a lot more kind of A, B, very binary, right? Do they shoot the right person in a shooting scenario? Do they you know, deploy resources correctly in a resource scenario? How do they handle a traffic stop? All this kind of stuff. It, it doesn't really get at this idea of like, how do we study or get to how a police officer makes a challenging and or difficult situation in the moment, right? Now, what we come to or what we kind of get to in this paper is we kind of talk about this idea of, okay, look, in one of the problems that occurs in, in the general psychology of decision making is that when people are faced with b two options, both of which have the potential to be bad, one of the things that often happens is they try their very, very hardest to make sure that nothing bad happens, right? And we call this maximization. It's this idea that you try and always squeeze the best out of every possible situation. And it's, it's, it's really... It's a good trait, but, but also it can be a bit of a problematic trait, um, a bit of a problematic trait, um, kind of, uh, if, if used incorrectly, because sometimes you can't guarantee good, right? So, so what we say in this paper is that what we want to look at is, is, is how does a police officer's need to maximize a situation, needs to make the very, very best of a situation, how does that impact upon their ability if you will to um to to make these kind of decisions right so we talk about what maximization is and, and actually i can send you if you're interested uh kind of a, a quick maximization questionnaire so you can find out what your tendencies are but maximization the what a max okay so i'll give you an example here's a maximizer my sister so my sister wants to go to town she wants to buy a she wants to buy a dress for a night out all right so we go, and this is a funny story in my family always used to happen. We go to eight different stores, right? She tries on every dress under the sun, and eventually she, she picks one, right? Okay? That's a maximizer. A satisficer goes into one store, looks at three dresses, says, ha, this one's probably pretty good, looks nice, I'll wear that dress, right? It's kind of a maximization, maximizer, satisficer, quick, quick scenario there. What research finds is that maximizers, so there's people who, you know, want to try on every dress, right? Squeeze the best out of everything. Got to make sure that you're getting the right dress. There's not a better dress in the store next door. Are usually unhappier. 
struggle to make decisions, they find them harder. They have all these negative decision-making traits counterintuitively because they're constantly trying to make the best decision and they're almost scared of, of scared of ever making the wrong decision, right? They're perfectionists, whereas satisficers are better able to say, do you know what? It's good enough. We're going to go with that. And it's been it's been tried in a bunch of um, in a bunch of different places and different areas. And, you know, maximization has kind of continually been shown to to impact decision making. So what we say in this study is basically we're just going to look at police decision making and and maximizers and have a look at the degree to which, you know, police maximizers are better or worse decision makers than police satisfices. Right. And so so from a method standpoint and, and to be honest, I'm. To blow my own horn for a moment, I'm unbelievably proud of the method. Uh, and the reason is that we developed this thing called, called Lucifer, which first and foremost, tip-top acronym. Uh, but it stands for the least worst uncertain choice inventory for emergency responders or responses. I haven't actually worked out which one it is, despite publishing it. Um, and basically, it's a battery of scenarios which require you to make decisions when you don't know, you basically make least worst decisions. So you, you, you do a battery, if you will, of least worst decisions. So one of them may be a hostage situation, one of them may be a military situation, one of them may be a police interaction, right? You're given the context, you're, you're given your two choices, A, V, B, A, V, B, and you have to make these decisions over and over and over again. And again, if any of you are interested, I'd absolutely love to send you Lucifer, give you a go on it, you know, see what you think, I could do your personality, all this kind of stuff, right? But we measure your personality and then we measure, you know, how long you take to assess the situation, how long you take to make a decision, how long you take to commit to your decision, how hard you find it, and then kind of a decision tendency measure, right? And we've used this with uh, a couple hundred soldiers for our military paper, a couple hundred police officers here, we've used it with governments, we've used it with interrogators. We're actually using it a lot at the moment. And the reason is that I think from a methodological standpoint people are really sick i read this paper the other day and it pissed me the fuck off it it was talking about differences in male and female decision making and it used the iowa gambling task and i think people are sick and tired of looking at decision making with non-realistic non-relevant decision making tasks and what lucifer is is super relevant. These are all real decisions that we collected with interviews from real decision makers, and we digest them down into these micro scenarios, and then we get people to do them time and time again. And so some versions, they'll do 10 scenarios, five scenarios, 30 scenarios. But the key is that they're just doing these things over and over and over again, right? So we got our police officers to do uh, to do a battery of Lucifer. And we actually did it as a bunch of as part of a bunch of uh, training care training events I did in the UK with the UK cops, um, and then we so we measured you know all of their decision making stuff, and then they they did their maximization test and, and all this kind of stuff. And what we found is is actually precisely what we thought we'd find. Congratulations, hypotheses. Um, but just generally that there were some some interesting differences in um, in. Uh, I'm actually looking at the table and there are there aren't many there aren't the many interesting differences. Um, we we actually um, found a few things in terms of their decision making. So in terms of um, what maximizers uh, did, whether they were they were. Um, hang on, let me have a look at my own findings. 
yeah, so maximizers uh, found it more difficult. They were a bit slower, all this kind of stuff. So we actually found stronger support in the military sample, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so we kind of had some interesting results, but they maximizers were, they found it harder. They were a bit slower. Um, military experience. So when police officers had military experience, they were making things different, decisions differently, which we thought was very interesting. Gender was having an effect. We thought that was very interesting. So in study two, what we actually did, and no one has ever done this before. Um, it's a really interesting question, but no one's ever done this before. We extracted police officers who had a military background and police from police officers who didn't have a military background. And we kind of compared them against each other. And what we found, which is really interesting, and this is something Lawrence called uh, foxtrot thinking, which I thought was super cool, was that police officers with a military background navigated the scenario differently in terms of how they allocated their time in that they spent more time assessing the situation and then less time making their choices. Whereas um, uh, police officers without military scenarios spent less time assessing the situation and more time, um, more time then uh, making their decision. So it's just a really interesting kind of uh, allocation of tasks, really, in terms of the way that it, it operated, um, operated, uh, you know, between the different groups, right? So we, we kind of like, so, so, so I guess the take home from this right now is, is we haven't really solved anything, but, but what we're finding is that there are notable, predictable and consistent differences in how people are making decisions based on their personality and based on factors that are consistent or associated with them as a decision maker. And so this, from a, a theoretical standpoint, is really interesting because we never really think about decision maker personality or police personality. But it's a really critical issue because when it comes to having a police officer in the right, at, at the point as, as the decision maker in the right time, you want to have someone who is better equipped or better able to handle these kind of high uncertainty decisions. And there's a lot of different theories around, a lot of different personality constructs that could be really relevant here and potentially be really damaging. You know, be really, really damaging. You know, need for closure is one where people need to close, be cognitively closed to uncertainty. So they, uh, they basically early on detect what they say the answer is. Well, that's fine. But, but in, a, in a situation where there's super high uncer uncertainty and you need to think outside the box or, or test multiple different uh, scenarios to see which one's right, you don't want someone who closes, you know, thinks closed-mindedly about immediately what is going on here and closes themselves off to alternatives. It's a really bad trait to have. So what this paper does, and I think brings to the fore, really, is thinking about the way in which police officers make decisions is really important if we're going to then be thinking about how decisions were made when the outcomes that we saw weren't good. And it's another piece of the puzzle. It's another layer of the onion. Um, it's just something that is really important for us to, to consider and kind of get to grips with. And this paper is just the first, I hope there are many more, but the first to kind of 
try and look into that. And we found that maximizers were a, was an interesting variable to look at. We found people with military experience was an interesting variable to look at. But these are all the things that we have to do. If we're going to solve, and we won't solve, but I mean, best support this problem and this, this issue with you know police decision-making and, and how we think about it and the policies we do, we're going to have to start thinking critically and, and sensibly around who police officers are, the personality variables that are driving their actions, what we think is good and what we think is bad. And, and this study is kind of, a, I guess, a, a first attempt to do that. So I hope you enjoy it. I, I, I very rarely set my own, my own work. You hear enough of my voice. You don't need to have any more of my work thrown down your throat. Um, but I'm really proud of this. Uh, I, I, I thought this was a very interesting, very fun little paper. Um, and it was, uh, it, was, it was very well received. So I hope you enjoyed the read. I hope you enjoyed the paper. I hope you enjoyed my audio accompaniment. Um, and just excited for this week. Really excited for this week. So have an amazing day. Uh, I will see.